Hello, hello, welcome back, or to, or front, or side to side, I don't know. Welcome to Money Awakenings, my name is Larry Morrison. I am the financial shaman, I think, I don't know, it's hard to tell these days. And <laughs> this is a podcast about money beliefs. I don't know why, I mean, this is technically starting season two. I can't believe I've been doing this a year. Walking around all over the country, talking to myself so that you can hear what's going on inside my head or what I'm channeling part of the time anyway. And um, if you haven't figured this out by now, the way you think about money is a direct correlation into how much you have, receive, steward, whatever you want to say. And it has so much to do with how we feel about ourselves. Not sure if I'm going into that today, but here's the key. As I said a couple of episodes ago about unconditional love, the more you love yourself the more you find the beliefs in you that stop you from loving yourself unconditionally and letting them go alchemizing them right turning them around using them for you finding the lie and putting in the truth the more you do that and love yourself opening to opening your heart to who you are the more money will flow this is the foundation this is why self-love is so important so important the more I do this work with people, the, the truth of the matter is this. When we believe we are not good enough, we are unworthy, we don't deserve all of this stuff, we adopt self-judgment. This internal critic, this constant nagging that we're not doing anything right, we can't get it right, we can't figure it out. We're not good enough. The more you believe that fucking lie, the harder it is for money to flow. The, the more you realize that you are divinely protected, unconditionally loved, and the more you accept the perfection of who you are, made perfect, perfectly, no mistake, made just right by source the more money will flow it is our judgment that keeps everything away i know i've talked about that before but look at it like this imagine that money is your birthright like air right air will always be there for anything you need to do with the body with the with with this experience Air will always be there. Same with money. But the more, imagine there's just a tidal wave of money trying to get at you. But the more you say to source, to the universe, to this existence, to this life, 
I don't deserve it. I'm not good enough. You're mo you might as well say, please keep it away from me. I don't want it, you might as well say. This is what's so backwards. Everybody says they want money, but no one says they want to love themselves enough to have it. Everybody says, oh, I can't figure this out. I'm not smart enough, which is a, another thing that says to source, please keep it away from me until I figure this shit out. Right? The energy you put out comes back to you. Very difficult to argue with me on that one. The energy you put in to anything comes back to you. Maybe not from that thing, but it comes back to you. What you've put out comes back. And if you're constantly putting out a thousand times a day because you have a subconscious belief in the back of your mind that says, I don't belong here, I'm not smart enough, uh, everybody else is judging me, right? That's because you're judging you. You're the one judging you. Source never judges you. You do that. And the way you judge yourself is what keeps it away. Do you ever notice how a lot of times it seems that the, air, uh, the rich or the affluent are extremely arrogant? Because they don't have this self-limiting nonsense, self-talk, that says, I'm not good enough, smart enough, or whatever, I don't deserve. And so it flows easy to them. They seem like rich assholes. Of course, we don't know their story. But they seem entitled because they are. Just like you are entitled to air, to freedom, to a body, to an education, most people believe, right? Just like you are entitled and therefore demand it of the universe and therefore our society, so do they therefore demand their birthright of money. And they seem arrogant because you're judging yourself as less than what was me, not good enough, I need to suffer. I was talking about this with the Catholic Church today. Not with the Catholic Church, with a member, a former member of the Catholic Church, rather. And uh, I was just so fascinated at how much Catholics love to suffer. They are fully indoctrinated into this silly belief that we must suffer to earn our way into heaven and wonder why life is difficult. <laughs> so, so interesting. Is It's right there in front of them. Life, they have a belief that says life should be difficult and they wonder why life is difficult. Remove the belief. There's probably still some difficulty, but not the same. It'll be different. Because there's other layers and layers upon beliefs. It's not just one belief that creates that, right? But this is the beauty of it. This is the magic. Undo the belief, change it fully in your subconscious and so that the belief instead says life should be life is easy or life is effortless, and then it will be.
This is alchemy. We change the way we look at things and the things we look at change. Right? We change our perception. We change our beliefs around a thing. And that's how the universe will reflect back to us what's going on. Something, uh, my teacher told me something this past week that just blew my fucking socks off. That with, coupled with uh, something that came to me in a meditation was like, oh my God, how did I not see that? I want you to imagine for a second that we are in a mirror reality that will literally reflect back to us what we believe about it. Just, just for now, just follow me on this, right? We're in a mirror reality. But the mirror does not have sentience. It doesn't have judgment. It doesn't, just like an actual mirror, I mean, everything technically has sentience. I mean, if you really want to get into, like, everything is one thing, we're all source energy, everything you ever experience, see, smell, taste, touch, whatever, is all source, technically. So it's all sentient, because we're all one, or we're all source. However, what I mean is the mere reality, the physical reality that we're in, doesn't have judgment. It doesn't, it's just like the mirror, it doesn't have, it, it's not going to argue with you. It's not going to, uh, it's not judging you. It's not give, it's not the puppet master. We think reality is the puppet master. No, 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 we are. We're doing this. What if, this is what came to me in the meditation. Just like in, I'm, I'm sidetracking or backtracking. Just like an actual mirror, Right? We have to move first, and then the mirror will reflect it. Us going outside to try to fix physical reality so that we feel better is just like us trying to fix the mirror so that it reflects back to us what we want. That's absurd. But this is what we do every single day when we're triggered, right? I was triggered almost all day today. The belief I don't really want to talk about because it's still raw. I knew enough not to try to fix it. Here, let me do it. This is too much. This is too raw. I'm too vulnerable right there. But this happens all the time, right? Where someone triggers us. And we think they should be different so that we feel better. You should be kinder to me. You should treat me better. L have, try to change the fucking mirror so that you feel better. That's not how it works. When someone's a douche or an asshole to you, you take that as the learning experience and grow from it. Of course, you put up barriers and boundaries to people who are triggering people. We do not condone, even though we can unconditionally love the soul and the source within all things, we do not condone violence. We do not condone being treated terribly. We do not condone hateful things or people who are acting out of fear i'm scared therefore you need to change right 
I'm scared, therefore I'm going to manipulate you into giving, getting me what I want. That's no good. We do not condone that. We do not condone people trying to hurt us consciously or unconsciously. We call them on it, put up a boundary, and get them the hell out of our lives if necessary. However, we do not try to fix anyone. We don't need anybody to change because that's trying to fix the mirror. You have to go inside and change yourself and then watch as the mirror reality changes. Okay? The mirror doesn't have sentience. It doesn't think. It's not playing chess with you. It's just a mirror. It doesn't have control over you. Well, it does if you're reacting to it, I should say, like I did today. <sighs> anyway, yeah, I'm getting off, I'm getting off track. So, where was I? I forgot where I went. I went, I backtracked, and now I'm trying to forward track, if that's a thing, and I lost it. Oh! Well, that's not what I wanted to do either. Oh, my teacher. Um, he said something that blew my mind. <sighs> right? I, I, you can hear this over and over again, but until I heard it and I saw it in the meditation, I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> How did I not see that? This reality is a projection of our consciousness. But it's the heart that is projecting all of it. If you think God has control of this reality, which technically, yes, everything is controlled by source, ultimately, we are all source and all that, but it's being projected through the heart. The heart is controlling what you need to see what things get pulled in and interacted with you. Follow me on this. Everything is one thing, everything is source. Source is all that is, which means everything, again, is source, including you. The universe is you, you are it. And for me, in my opinion, which everything you're here is, my opinion, Source, in my opinion, sits in my soul, which resides in my heart. I feel it strongly. My heart chakra is my center, right? It is my soul point. And so, my heart is literally controlling my reality and pulling in things into physical reality to trigger me so that I may clean the heart and remove the beliefs around it so that it can open up even fuller. It's basically finding conditions for me to alchemize, turn into unconditional love so it can open further and reflect more amazingness back to me. The heart, my heart is controlling this experience because that's the soul point, the God point within me. At my core, 
the center of my world is my heart. And the more I work on unblocking my heart, opening my heart, unconditionally loving everything, including myself, and finding conditions so that they can be alchemized into unconditional, right? Finding beliefs that say, I can't love this person because of this. Alchemizing say, I can love that person unconditionally and not condone their actions. Born of fear. When I can do that, more and more, everything comes to me. Everything starts to show up. This is what I said in the beginning. The more you love yourself, the more you can open to the frequency of unconditional love, the more the mirror will reflect back things that you love. It will bring more of that in. It will also bring things that you need to experience in order to open your heart more. Technical difficulty there. Moving on. Um, it will bring in things in order to open your heart more, right? Everything is there for your growth, for your evolution, to open your heart, to align with unconditional love, ideally at all times. But everything that comes is there to serve. So trying to keep things out of your experience, not wanting to go into your darkness, not wanting to look at your trauma and your core wound and all this other stuff, being, being upset and trying to fix other people, it's all backwards. You're trying to stay away from growth by keeping yourself away from this stuff. And you wonder why it keeps, certain things keep coming back around to trigger you, right? Why does this keep happening to me over and over and over and over and over again? Because your heart is like, I'm going to keep bringing it back around until you look at it and then alchemize it, which in my way is turning it into unconditional love. And then we can let it go and move on because you've opened your heart to it. You've learned from it. You've expanded and grown. You're not the smaller version of you anymore. You're now to a higher version and you're moving from there. Right? This is just physics. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, knowing that, what do we want to talk about today? Well, I have, I have this very interesting thing that has been nagging at me and that I need to investigate with you guys. And that is this idea of wastefulness. It was super fascinating to me how it showed up through a client and I'm just going to kind of explain it the best I can. Basically, what happened, and this might happen to a lot of you, might sound very familiar to you. When we judge others and say that their spending is wasteful. When we look at how other people do things and say, I can't believe they would spend that much money on that. 
If you don't do this, I'd be shocked. I barely do this, but it still happens sometimes. But as I started to uncover it, and what I want to do with you guys is to explore it because I have a very good idea of where it's coming from, sorry. I have a very good idea of where it's coming from. But not 100% sure we're gonna find out. Hello. Hi. Beautiful golden retriever. And so, wastefulness, right? So when we look at people and we look at like, I would never buy a Lamborghini. I would never do that. Right? Let me, let me break down where it came from. And I'll do my best to... I don't see why she would care, but... My client gave me this beautiful story about how she grew up. Her parents were extremely poor and extremely frugal. Right? And the, 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 her dad was the kind of guy who <coughs> never bought anything extra. His whole goal in life was to buy the exact amount needed, okay? He wanted the exact amount needed for everything. So they never had extra groceries, right? It was always like everything was trying to try to calculate to the penny like a Swiss watch. And here's the thing with that. She grew up almost her entire childhood feeling extremely guilty anytime she bought more than needed. Like anytime she went to a restaurant and had leftovers, she felt wasteful. And she felt this sickness in the pain of her stomach. Like, why did I spend all that money? I didn't need to do that. I wasted my resources. This is, a, this is inefficient. It's a bad use of money and just would continually berate herself. And I was like, wow, there's a lot here. And what we found was it came from her father who was born to German immigrants, right? Not that that's important, but they were just, you know, it is very, Germans in general are very consumed with efficiency. And so, uh, so he was poor and was the kind of guy who had the same tractor for 20 years, always fixing it when it broke. And it broke constantly, like almost every time he used it, right? And instead of buying a new one or any of that kind of thing, he was working within this model of the world of limitation. He was working within limitation. Right? When his neighbor would come down the hill, so they had two neighbors uh, in this farmland, right? And um, both neighbors were pretty well off. You know, way more acreage, all nice tractors and farm equipment and all this stuff. And they would come by and talk and compare what each other had, right? The, the, the affluent neighbor would come by and 
basically talked down to the guy. He didn't seem to do anything. But when later and in front of his children, the man would verbally berate and attack the rich neighbors saying what? They don't need all that land. They don't need all that space. They don't need that big house. They don't need those new tractors. They don't need all that stuff. Right? Essentially what he was saying to his children was live below your means. And I've gone off on that before. Maybe I should do it again from a new consciousness level. But live below your means. But essentially what he was saying on a deeper level was my consciousness says that I am limited and so I'm going to work within the confines of that limitation and do the best I can within that limitation. He boxed himself in to a limiting belief system of finite resources. Right? In a hostile universe, of course, conditionally loving. But he boxed himself in and then tried to do the best within that box. He was constantly unworthy. His story was not good enough. He was never good enough. And what happens when we believe we're not good enough, as I said in the beginning, is we adopt self-judgment so that our judge is in our head. We can be away from our parents for years and still hear them in our head, constantly berating and belittling us and saying that we're not enough, right? Then we say it to ourselves. And when we do that, not only do we adopt self-judgment, we adopt judgment of everyone and everything else. It's called projection. We see not good enough everywhere, in our kids, in our work, in our home, in our money, of course, in our relationships. Extremely narcissistic people, for instance, they have, as I've talked about before, they have adopted a pattern of not good enough so strongly that instead of going inside to work with the critic and alchemize these beliefs, they just flip the script, change everything, and say that they are the best and everything is there to serve them. Hello. Right? They, are, they become takers and they don't care about anyone else and everyone else is not good enough because that's what is going on inside of them. They constantly talk down. They are the victim and they constantly talk down to everyone and everything because it's all about them, right? So this is what happens if we adopt that self-critic and then project it outward. But what was super fascinating about this man in the story the father of my client, is he felt bad, he felt inferior, and so what do we typically, what do humans typically do when they feel inferior? They tear 
other people down who make them feel inferior. We see it all the time, all of the time. Oh my God. You go on Facebook, you see a, a nice family having a nice moment, and, the, and you'll probably say in, inside of yourself, oh yeah, but they're probably on pills, or they're probably cheating on each other. Oh, they'll probably be divorced by whatever. It's because you feel inferior, you tear them down to your level. You would never need to tear anybody down if you didn't feel inferior because you're trying to bring them down to your level. Someone who feels equal doesn't need to tear anybody down. Why would they? They're equal. They also don't need to prop anybody up because they're equal. The only reason if someone's self-judging, self-criticizing and uh, self-deprecating in front of them, they'd be like, for me, I'm like, I mean, you can believe that if you want. When people do that, I'm like, that's not true. But if you want to believe that and feel terrible, you can. I mean, your emotions are your guidance system. You want to tell yourself you're a piece of shit and wonder why it feels bad because <laughs> your soul is trying to argue with you and you're not listening. That's why you feel bad. <sighs> right? So, we see this constantly. We tear other people down because we feel inferior. Okay? This is exactly what the man of my, the father of my client did. He tore his affluent neighbors down because he felt inferior. And he was basically saying, I figured out how to work within my limitation. And even though I fucking hate it, I can live on less. Why can't you? And some people might not be getting what I'm trying to say here. So many people that are born of scarcity, well, you're not never born really of scarcity, you adopt it. Abundance is a birthright, just like unconditional love. We adopt the false beliefs from our parents and society and teachers and siblings and friends and so on and so forth. But abundance is a birthright, right? Just like air is a birthright. And so, wastefulness and this idea that you shouldn't overspend, who's judging that you overspent? And immediately you might say, well, wait, 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 I have a budget. Hello. Right? I have a budget. I can't, I mean, I have to work within the confines of said budget. So if I overspend, I could be screwed later. Realize this. Wastefulness only makes sense in a universe that is finite. 
Wastefulness only makes sense in a universe that is finite. If, finite. if you are judging yourself for overspending, and, or maybe you're a saver married to a spender, and you're constantly trying to rein them in, you're living in a finite resource universe. The universe is abundance. You have not tapped into that yet. So what I would encourage you to look at is if that's you and you're overspending, you need to ask yourself, how do I create more wealth for myself? Since you're spending, you're, since you believe you're spending more than you have or more than you take in, Instead of limiting yourself, I talk about this, I used to a lot, I don't know if I've done it in a while, but I always wondered, I always like ask myself, why do we immediately go to cut expenses when we're short of money instead of going to get more income? Why do we immediately go, I need to cut out Starbucks instead of going, I need to follow my heart's calling? Or I need to start a small online business. Or I need to X, Y, Z. Why are we always looking at shrinking instead of expanding? Because you are born in a world of scarcity. If your immediate, hello, if your immediate go-to default programming is to shrink, guess what? You're in scarcity. Remember always, the universe is constantly evolving and expanding. Anything that is evolving and expanding and growing and pushing the limits, that is source. Anything that's shrinking, contracting, right? Living the small story, the smallest version of themselves, being extremely frugal and, and trying to contain their wants and desires and, 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 and shrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrrr
You don't know where you are. Bottom line. This could be the fucking matrix. You wouldn't know. How would you know? Aliens could land tomorrow. You'd still believe in finite resources. We could be, we could be light speed to thousands of different planets with all the land that you could ever want. And you'd still believe in finite resources. Why? It's the same reason that a millionaire can see scarcity when they look in the bank. Because it's in your mind. It's in your fucking mind. It's a belief system that it's scarcity. It's not real. It's not a law, it's not a law of gravity, a law of this planet that there's a finite resource. It's not a law of the universe. If the universe was constantly shrinking, it would blink out of existence. Hello? Do you ever notice that ideas never seem to run out? Do you ever notice that love never seems to stop? Do you ever notice that the rich keep getting richer? Do you ever notice that we just seem to come up with money in the U.S. economy out of fucking nowhere? Do you ever notice that, like, a really good idea can make billions tomorrow? Like, where the heck did Instagram $19 billion? Of course, that was, what, 10 years ago now? Like, no one asked where that money came from. Right? Facebook just all of a sudden is a giant. No one asked where that money came from. Oh, advertising dollars. Okay. It's not like all the other mediums before Facebook died. Well, some of them did. Newspapers dying, but... Hello. Or I should say evolving. Right? Like... It's just an illusion that this is false, that this is finite. Wastefulness only makes sense in finite resources. So when people are constricted to a budget, and I'm not saying a budget is bad, I'm just noticing that if you believe that the way to wealth is to, string, is to be more stringent on yourself, you've already lost. You will not succeed that way. Just like I said about rule followers in my last podcast of season one. The rules of the financial game are not set you are not set up for you to win. They are set up for you to see through the illusion. Think of it this way. Zen Buddhists, which I love. They're obsessed with the double bind. Right? It's not really that important unless you really like Zen Buddhism like me. But they're obsessed with the double bind. Why? Why? Because when you start to study double binds, what you notice is the game is not set up to win and you're set up to fail. And if you're set up to fail, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means stop playing the fucking game. 
because you're only going to go back to the same well over and over and over again and get more of the same. You're going to get more loss, more failure. How come I can't figure this out? It's not set up for you to win. It's set up for you to see through the illusion. Let me give you an example. Hello. So, there was this great uh, article, it was very eye-opening, this is years ago. This great article about body image. And um, basically, what happened was they took uh, a beautiful woman an image and did Photoshop and they went around to many different countries around the world and they asked the different people in those countries to change the body image with Photoshop of this beautiful woman to fit what was beautiful in that country. What was extremely fascinating was that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Here's what I mean. Asians, well, let's say like Chinese, Chinese, Japanese type Asians, because, you know, India is Asia too, and so, so, so many other countries, Mongolia and stuff, Russia. So like Chinese, Japanese Asians, they like fairer skin, right? Where like Norwegians and stuff like that, from the Arctic, they like a little bit darker skin. Everybody wants what they can't have. But what's fascinating is if you were a, a 10 knockout beautiful woman in America, you go to Latin America and you'd be gross to them. They wouldn't, well, I'm sure they would still find you attractive because you're foreign, but you know what I mean. Like to them, you wouldn't be. Right? To the Norwegian, Norwegian countries, you wouldn't be. Like what I mean is it's not a game you can win. It's all subjective. It's a game. If, it, if, if it's a game you can't win, then it's not the point to win. It's a point to see through the bullshit. Imagine you had a board game that no one could ever win. You would stop playing. But no, what do we humans do? Especially when it comes to money. No, 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 I'll figure this out. I'm what's wrong with this. This is called the ego game. The ego game, remember this, the ego's job is to, the ego's purpose, rather, job, same, whatever. The ego's purpose is to get you to your highest purpose. Sounds counterproductive, right? But remember, everything is unconditional love and everything is there to serve you. The ego's purpose is to get you to your highest purpose, and it does it through the negative. It's part of the contrast, where your heart or your soul will communicate to you in a positive way, right? And say, you're amazing, you're loved always, Abundance is your birthright. 
there's nothing you can't do. It's like the angel on your shoulder, while the ego is the contrast, it's the opposite. It's like the one who dares you. You ever had that friend when you were a kid that tried to get you to do things through um, through uh, reverse psychology? And it was like, you can't jump over that bridge or over that pond or whatever. You'll never be able to do this, this, and that, so you would do it. That's what the ego is trying to do. You have both the angel and the devil that are trying to get you to your highest calling in whatever way you listen. But the ego's game is to make you figure out to stop playing its game. To stop listening to it. The ego will communicate to you like this. Are you really going to fall for this shit again? Your wife doesn't love you. She did this, this, and this. That means she doesn't love you. Your heart starts to break. You start to cry. You have it out with your wife or spouse, whatever. Significant other. And it's basically saying, are you still going to fall for this shit? Seriously? Okay, then we're going to still throw it at you. Because again, the heart is trying to get you to find the conditions and let them go. And the ego is like the one serving up the conditions. And so, like my ego could say to me, uh, it's, it's hard because I've unraveled so many of the limiting beliefs, right? Oh, my ego says to me, I don't deserve money. And I go, <laughs> what? That doesn't even make any sense. Who the fuck are you trying to fool? And it's like, oh, I got to move on to the next game. It's like, you're not good enough for money. That doesn't even land on me. You might as well be saying I'm a pink elephant. Right? And then it'll come up with one that lands. And it's like, gotcha. Now there's a place where you have to bring unconditional love to and evolve it so you can go, nice try, ego. You almost got me on that one. Almost had me. And this is the same thing I'm trying to point out with wastefulness. If you believe that you can somehow run out of resources by spending wastefully, that you can say, no, Larry, I've had, I've had this happen where, you know, I mistakenly took all my friends out to dinner thinking I was going to get a big paycheck. The paycheck didn't come. Now I had to ask my parents for rent, blah, 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 blah. Now I had to move out, blah, 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 blah. What I'm saying to you is, what if that was the ego's game trying to get you to your higher purpose and saying, here's what you should do. You should contract and constrict and get smaller, move into a smaller house, get a tiny house, right? 
work three jobs, then you can have enough. What if it was meant to do that so you could go, ha ha, you almost had me. I thought this was a finite resource. I thought this was a finite universe for a second. Good job, ego. You're right. You know what I should do is the exact opposite. I should sit and wait for my heart's calling, listen to my heart, move in that direction where all the money I'll ever need is. Whoo! Almost got me. You almost had me. Good job. Good job, though. Thank you for the reminder. This still happens to me every once in a while. Not the three jobs. I'm not stupid enough for that. I know how valuable I am. But um, the running out thing, which maybe that'll be my next one. The lie of running out. You notice you've never run out of money? You notice that, right? You've never run out of money, just like you've never run out of air. And people will try to argue with me. No, 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 I've had many times where I run out. Really? How are you here right now? How are you listening and talking to me right now? Oh, well, because my mom or something came through. Yeah, that's called the universe supplying you with what you needed. How have you never seen that you've always had enough? The same way I never saw it for 30 plus years. Because the ego had me fooled. It created an illusion based around silly beliefs that there's never enough money. And it fooled me for this long. It got me until I went into the world of finance, mastered many skills within it, and I was like, what in the hell is going on? Oh right, this is a game you can't win. I know this game. Games you can't win means stop fucking playing. See through the illusion and start following your own heart, not the money. If you want money more than you want fulfillment in life or to follow your own heart, what you're essentially saying is, God, go fuck yourself. I'd rather have the money. And then you wonder why you're stuck in the rat race. And you wonder why your emotions are a roller coaster around money all the time. When you have some, you feel like God, you can't be touched, you feel bulletproof. When something happens, some lose your job, market crash, maybe you just miscalculate your budget somehow, and then if you're in shambles. I did that for years, playing the ego's game. Wondering how come I couldn't figure it out. Have you ever noticed that there's those people out there that seem like they're constantly blowing money and then they'll just get a ton more? And you go, this has got to run out sometime, right? They can't just keep spending lavishly like this. And sometimes it does because if they are in the vibration of scarcity internally and believe that there's never enough and that they're not good enough, then that'll catch up to them. 
However, if they've eradicated these belief systems and alchemized them, then you can never run out because you never actually run out. How come millionaires and billionaires can just keep spending and never run out? Oh, because they have income streams, Larry. They've built these things and blah, 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 blah. No! They've tapped into the source of unconditional abundance. It's always there. It's right there. It's behind the ego's game. The ego's game that tells you this is a finite universe with finite resources that we never seem to run out of. How are you still falling for this? Well, we're super close to running out of clean water. Nope, wrong. Oil, nope. Gold, <laughs> diamonds, bullshit. Food, give me a break. We're, we waste half the food that we create in this country. We throw it away. Air, no. Mm -mm. Land, no. <laughs> not even close. We're not even close to running out of usable land. Like, we could probably have... 50 billion people on the earth before we even came close to running out of land. How are you still falling for the fact that we never run out? How are you still listening to this thing that says we can't? And you, you might hear this and say, well, that means I'm just going to go blow all my money. Okay, that's awesome if you understand what that means. That means you are gonna have to grow beyond the finite universe that you live. You are gonna have to vibrate back into the truth of unconditional abundance and love. Right? You're basically gonna paint yourself into a corner to create Hello. You're going to paint yourself into a corner to create your own evolution, your own expansion. If you go blow all your money and you run out, quote unquote, you can't see my air quotes, or get close to running out, you're gonna have to do what? Expand beyond it. You're gonna have to be like, okay, how do I grow more? What does my heart say to do here? What does my heart say to do here? You know what, maybe I should start writing that book that I've always wanted to write. Maybe I should look into that energy, whatever, vortex, healing, practice, 
upside down pound cake. I'm just, I'm just saying words at this point. Whatever it is that you're called to do. I, I had this uh, talk a couple of weeks ago, uh, last week. And this amazing guy came on and we brainstormed. We listened, we touched into it, tapped into his heart, right? And we brainstormed from this place of if, if everything is actually happening for me, if I am God and incarnate, what would I want to create in order to create money? He's like, well, I have always wanted to write this book about my life. And he started to describe the book. I'm like, I would read that today. Like right now, that would be on my top reading list. Then he's like, and I have these two heart-centered businesses that I know would be great if I just... I'm like, go! Right? If you understand that at the end, even though there is no end, because that's a lie, but at the end of your money is your evolution, is something is going to, everything is happening for you, even though it's hard to see sometimes. Everything is happening for your evolution. So if you come across a quote-unquote problem, then you will have to become a more enlightened, involved version of yourself that can overcome said problem. Or you shrink to match the problem. And then you wonder why the problem keeps coming up and up and up and up. Every month I run into no rent money? Every month I'm short, huh? I wonder why. You can either expand or contract, be aligned with source in an unconditionally loving and abundant universe that is constantly expanding, or you can shrink to stay small and not evolve and keep beating your head against the same wall for the rest of your life. Choice is yours. No judgment here. I did the same, I did the constricting thing for 30 years. No matter how much more money and more and more and more money I made, I was still broke a lot. The swings were just bigger. Couldn't figure out how to get past scarcity. Oh, right, because it was a belief system. And I kept running into it because the mere reality was trying to show me the belief system that was inside of me. And it only took me, I don't know, 35-ish years to figure that out. Hopefully, what I'm telling you will make you figure it out a little quicker. And so, no matter what you decide to do, you are unconditionally loved at all times, no matter what. By me, by source, by your higher self, by your heart, by the cosmos, by your body. By you. It's your choice whether you want to see it or not.
And so, my friends, we are different leaves on the same tree, different clouds in the same sky. My unconditional love to you. Good journey, my friends.